Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that would make anyone a little less average. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and on today's episode, we're about to switch it up. In honor of the holidays, I decided that I was just going to sit and talk with you. Honestly, I don't know if it's just me, but this time of year gets me in the feels. Ever since I can remember, I was kind of always afraid of New Year's. I was scared because it felt like one less year. One less year of all of the good things that had happened and one less year of all of the things that hadn't even happened yet. Call me sentimental. Maybe it's because I was born in July and I'm a Cancerian baby filled with emotions. But she might as well be out here with a pack of Kleenex in her pocket because she been sobbing. Okay, I haven't been sobbing, but I may or may not have cried three times in the last 24 hours, which is actually good for you, okay? Crying lets out some chemicals that need to get out of your body. So in today's episode, I'm gonna walk you down my personal hall of fame of all of my favorite memories having to do with holidays, Christmas, and togetherness. Because this year, something changed. This year we went from being the kids to being the adults. And to be honest, while it is beautiful, it's also pretty damn scary. Kill the intro, sis. You know she's not your average show, not your average show. She's not your average So let me take you back. It's 1996. Sweaty, sticky, hot, huge Janeiro summer. And it just so happens to be in the Southern Hemisphere, which means that summertime is what we associate with Christmas. Instead of stockings hanging over a fireplace, we lean our rubber flip-flops or avayanas on the windowsill. There's rumor that Santa may or may not be coming. A few hours later, we look out of the window and underneath each person's flip-flops, there are presents labeled with exactly whose flip-flop it belonged to. It sounds complicated, but it's the same concept as stockings. Only when it's December in Rio, it's way too hot to think about socks. I remember walking around the house barefoot because my flip-flops were on the windowsill and I was always in awe of how many people were around our house. And it wasn't just my house. It was my grandma's, it was my sister's, my brother's, my mom's, and the next door neighbors were all our family members as well. To the left, we had my great uncle and his son and his wife and his kids. And to the right, we had my great grandmother, Vajuana. So smack dab in the middle of all of these houses was the courtyard, which is where we'd gather around with massive spreads of food, anything you could imagine. Habanada, pastel, docinho. And as children, it was the best time ever. We'd gather around, us and our cousins, We'd plot major schemes to steal the plate of habanada and eat it all ourselves before midnight. Sidebar, habanada is a Brazilian food that we traditionally eat on Christmas and it's like a French toast. Stale bread dipped in milk, egg, fried, and sprinkled with sugar and cinnamon. It's amazing. And like true Christmas criminals, we were kids, but we still assigned ourselves specific roles to execute the task of stealing the plate of habanada. Me being the youngest, I had to hide out underneath the table to look out for any adult 
adults coming. My sister was on distracting duty because she had the most vibrant personality and the two older siblings, my cousin, who's an honorary sister, and my older brother would actually commit the crime. We'd take the habanad and we'd stuff our faces thinking that the adults would never find us. All the while, our aunts and uncles were singing and playing the guitar and playing charades and everything was happening. It was the kind of magic in the present that made you feel like time would never end. Or at least that's what I thought when I was a kid. There was no quiet place and that's exactly how we wanted it. Back in the day, Christmas lasted all week long. After midnight, we'd make these big lavish beds. It was like a childhood dream where we'd put blanket on top of blanket and we'd all sleep next to each other like a can of sardines happy as clams and all of that the noise the food the togetherness the family the bagunsa the mess that's what my definition of christmas was it was boisterous it was lively and then we moved to the usa in 1998 what is that a nail polish thing look it's a kumapi wow that's the sound of our first Christmas in our Connecticut home. To be honest, I have no idea how my mom pulled it off. She bought us all gifts and somehow still had the time to not only wrap them, but cook all the foods that we remembered eating back home. It was only five of us, but yet there was a spread for a party of 50 because some habits die hard. We initially came in May, so by the time Christmas came around, we'd gotten used to the idea that we were staying in the States. Things were unclear, I was only five years old, so I was in a permanent state of confusion, but it was Christmas, and I knew that this was the time that we should be happy. So we danced in the living room with barely any furniture. My mom's boss at the time hired his secretary to dress up like Santa Claus and on Christmas day we heard a knock at the door. It was a big tall white man dressed in a red suit with a beard and all carrying a garbage bag filled with gifts sent by my mom's new boss. He was kind enough to do the math and count the salary he was giving her to be a nanny and housekeeper. I know she was well paid, but I can't imagine that it was enough to not only feed us clothes and expensive winter clothing, but buy us all enough gifts to make Christmas memorable the way that it had always been. Not that Christmas is about the gifts, but this was the first Christmas. We were in a new place, away from everyone that we knew and loved, so she wanted to do something special. And she really did make it special but not with gifts, it was more of the traditions. So as sort of a creative Christmas bonus, my mom's boss, Mr. Mark, gave us our first Christmas presents. I remember I had never seen so many presents in my life. And it was also American, footballs for my brother and dolls for my sister and I, and anything and everything that a child could want was right before our eyes. As three little immigrant kids, this was as Christmas movie magic as it could ever get. Then the second and third year roll around and we kind of just assimilated. We embraced the idea that we were a small clan. My cousin Lou moved in with us. My mom started this tradition of giving each kid $10 and she would send us to the dollar store and we would have to creatively find a way to give everyone a gift and pay for wrapping paper. Looking back, it's obvious that it was my mom's way of teaching us that you can always give even if you have to get a little creative because you don't have much to give. And by the second or third year of this tradition, we had gotten so good at stretching the dollar that we even had enough money left over to buy gifts for the dog. Lesson learned. And to make things extra fun, my mom would hide presents around the house in waves starting at 5 p.m. with the simplest gifts. She'd put all the kids in the bathroom and hide the gifts under pillows and behind couches and underneath the cupboard. Ju! Ju! 
And when we'd run outside, it was a game of finding the gifts. So not only were we excited for the gifts, but we were excited for the chase. Talk about immigrant creativity. I don't know how she did it because not only did she manage to buy each of us 10 gifts, give each of us $10, which meant that it was $40 out of her pocket, but she also cooked the same foods that we had always eaten. Habanada, pastel, pudding de leite. And this was all on the table, like a feast. When you're a kid, you don't realize that all of the things that you think are normal took so much effort from your parents or your aunts and uncles. I can't imagine what my 34-year-old mother was thinking in a foreign place with three and then four young kids to take care of, upholding all of the strength, being the rock, being the courage when we were all scared. She was only five years older than I am now, having to create this feeling of holiday cheer when behind her smile, she was probably wondering how she was gonna buy the next set of groceries or when she'd see her family again. I wonder if she thought deep down that she was still the kid. So how could she be in charge of all of these kids? From the early 2000s all the way to 2010, this was Christmas. Christmas was hiding gifts, you get creative, and we stay up all night hanging out. On the 25th, we'd wake up excited to play our new video games and wear our new pajamas and roll around in the sheets that we had laid out the night before to make a big bed so we could all sleep together just like we always had in Brazil. Then we got older and things started to evolve as they naturally do. And it wasn't until this year that things really did change. For the last three years, I haven't even spent Christmas with my family for different reasons. Three years ago, I decided to go to Brazil because my grandma got sicker. And I kind of thought to myself, if I don't go now, I don't know if I'll get another Christmas with her. I had never spent a Christmas in Brazil since I had left in 1998. So it was special because it was my first hot and sticky Christmas in a long time. And it was special because it was actually the last Christmas that I was able to spend with my grandma. And I'm glad I did. That Christmas in particular reminded me of that Christmas that I started the story with. Cousins running around, only this time we were all in our mid-twenties. We weren't kids in diapers anymore. But as long as I could see my grandparents' faces and see the smiles of my aunts and uncles, I still felt like the kid. In 2019, I saw most of the familiar faces that I remembered from my childhood, only with a few more wrinkles, a little bit more white hair, and a lot of years in between. That Christmas was what I can now clearly see as the passing of the baton Christmas. My cousins and I, we started running things. We started playing the games. We started cooking the food. We learned the recipes with our aunts and grandparents. My cousin turned to my aunt and said, mom, this is the best Christmas ever. And my aunt said, son, this is how it always was for us. We always had this big family and togetherness. But growing up thousands of miles away from anyone and everyone who looked like me, aside from my immediate family, this feeling had become foreign to me. And yet I never felt so at home in my entire life because maybe togetherness, it's just laced inside of my DNA. There's something about a whole year of work passing you by and getting to end it next to the people where your story first started and that's family it's almost like i have two layers of family i have home in brazil and i have home in connecticut and now i guess i have home all over the world but every time i think about home it is brazil it is tradition it is the way that i remember it from 1998 hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Every Christmas in Connecticut, we tried to create a simulation as if we were in Brazil as hard as we possibly could. Yes, there was snow on the ground. Yes, the ingredients might have been improvised, but the recipes were more or less still the same. So was the energy. And let's not forget all of those long distance calls abroad during the holidays that have been happening for so long. The very beginning of it involved calling cars that you had to scratch off and had a limited amount of minutes to use. These days, it's all over FaceTime, WhatsApp video, Facebook Messenger. But the tradition of spending hours on the phone with family that you wish could be in the same room as you still remains. It's the story of most immigrants. Your heart is always in multiple places at once. And there's nothing like the holiday season to strike a chord in your nostalgic heartstrings. So yeah, home is special, even if it's hard to define. In 2020, I ended up trying to come home for Christmas, but this was in the heat of the pandemic. I was in the middle of filming the show and we were on holiday break. So I stopped in LA to spend time with some friends and catch the last bit of sunshine before going back east to the winter tundra that is Connecticut in the middle of December. I was getting ready to board my flight when my mom messaged me saying she had tested positive for COVID. This was around December 19th of 2020, which meant that in 2020, I ended up spending Christmas with my Muslim best friend in Los Angeles, California, far away from my family with mom being home alone on Christmas, which is really depressing. And it makes my heart hurt for everybody in the past two years who's had to spend holidays completely alone in isolation. Which brings me to this year. This year was different. Even though I have an outgoing personality, I've actually always been pretty quiet in my house. My siblings and I have our positions. My brother is the oldest, he's responsible, he's even keel. He only loses his temper when he loses in a video game he can't beat. My sister is loud and bubbly and always singing and always talking. She's the middle child, so she claims the middle child syndrome position. And being the youngest, I've always loved observing everything going on. Maybe it was my survival instinct, but that really hasn't changed much. So this Christmas, I used my power of observation and noticed some things that might have easily swept under the radar. But I want to talk about them now. Not only for you, but for me. Because I want to remember that this was the year that we, the ones children running around waiting for Santa to drop off presents by our flip-flops, became the adults holding everything together. So for Christmas this year, my mom decided to go to Brazil and do the same thing I did back in 2019. When you're far away from everyone that you love, you really don't take things for granted. And because mom used to be the glue, it was now a test. Were we gonna come together? Were we gonna make things work? Surprisingly, we did. We pulled it all together. My cousin came in from California. My sister slept over on the night of Christmas Eve. And on the day of Christmas, we spent all morning cooking in my house, in my kitchen. And we FaceTimed aunts to get the recipes just right. And we made habanada, we made pastel, we made pudim de leite. 
We made the exact same things that we love so much as children. And yes, we were excited to eat those things, but now we were excited about introducing these exact same childhood delicacies to the little ones that have joined the party. My niece, Georgia, my nephew, Sebastian, my other nephew, Donnie, they were now old enough or getting to the age where we could start drilling these memories in their heads. Because even though they're American, they've never been to Brazil, they don't speak Portuguese, it would be a shame if the culture ended with us. I refuse to be the aunt who doesn't pass on the memories, the traditions, the stories that made us who we are because they're just too damn good to be forgotten. In every family, there's a historian. The historian is the person who walks around with the cameras, whether you're talking disposable or Polaroid or a video camera or a DSLR, you're the one who's documenting everything. And not only are you visually documenting everything, you're most likely mentally documenting everything. Clearly that's me. Everyone knows that at every family gathering, I'm the one that's gonna document it. When I was a kid, the historian was my grandma. And I recently found a stack of her VHS tapes that I've started converting into digital files. And sure enough, there we were running around as little kids, as little as my niece and nephews. And it's crazy how time flies so fast. In my home videos when I was a three-year-old, there were people wearing the most amazing 90s fashion. My dad in these oversized thick dungaree jeans and funky striped oversized sweater with these big bottleneck glasses and an even bigger handlebar mustache singing on a karaoke machine like there was no tomorrow. My mom with this big afro and just amazing funky pants that I've actually still worn today. Me, a baby with a pacifier hanging off my mouth, pigtails and little curls dangling on the side of my head. And now I'm the grown-up giving my niece a hug on my knees because she's so tiny. And yet she's around the same age as I was in these home videos, which is insane to me because it does not feel like any time has passed at all. How did this happen? And then I started wondering, did my mom feel the way that I feel now when she saw her kids getting older? Not that I have kids, but are we really ever old enough to feel like the adults? Do we ever really feel our age or do we just accept that our job description changes as the years go on. As we move forward on this conveyor belt I like to call life, the little ones that are joining the party might not have had the chance to meet the ones who influenced us so much, but I'm sure as hell gonna tell them all the stories so that they know that the things that they love today are not just because of our generation. It's because of my mom and because of my grandma and because of her mom and because of her grandma. And the same thing could be said for my brother and my grandpa and my uncles and my great grandpa. The thing about family is that you are nothing more than a result and product of everyone who came before you. Of course, we have our own individual life experiences. We learn from our unique take on the world, but we can't deny genetics and we definitely can't deny how we grow up and the traditions that were placed in front of us. This Christmas, it was just as magical as I remember it. We are in my brother's house, which is beautiful. So I'm sitting there in the morning of the 26th, we had all slept over and taught the niece and nephews bagunsa, which we translated to a crazy mess, saying that this is just the kind of bagunsa that we used to experience as kids for Christmas. And in the morning, while sipping coffee, my sister, cousin, and I sat there laughing, talking about how now we're the aunties. Chia Fe, Chia Lu, and Chia Ju. I look at my sister and I say, isn't it crazy that Aya's house looks just like the houses that we used to clean? And she laughed. 
and we both sat there admiring the children's drawings on one wall and all of the beautiful ceramics in this case in the kitchen and how wide and open the living room was and how many presents were spread across the floor that we had all spent our own money to buy. Might I add, not from the dollar store. And it was a pretty mind-blowing full circle moment because it was the moment that we realized that all of the sacrifice that my mom had made and all of the pain of being far away from family and all of the times that we FaceTimed relatives back in Brazil, it was all for this. It all paid off because now we were able to give the new kids in line the same kind of Christmas that we had loved so much back in Brazil. Then my cousin chimed in and said, you guys remember the story of how great grandpa made his house from mud and sticks? And for Christmas, he would give your grandma just enough money to buy fabric to make herself and her little sister a dress. And that was their present. And then it hit us that every generation has bettered the conditions of the family. And we were at the height. We were now buying the expensive gifts. We now each owned our own houses and they weren't made out of mud or sticks. We're our ancestors' wildest dreams. I'm proud. I'm proud of my siblings, I'm proud of my mom, and, and I've been in my feels thinking about how it's beautiful, how it's scary, how it's sad, how it's happy, how it's inspiring, how, how I wanna keep being there to pass on the family tradition and the family strength and the family story and the family heartache because then it makes all of the sacrifice worthwhile. So yeah, this year it was pretty much a normal Christmas. We did all the same things, we ate all the same foods, we called back home, we were teaching the little ones all of these Brazilian expressions and foods. And I started wondering if when it's their time to become the adults, would they make it important to cook the same foods that they're gonna start growing up eating? I sure as hell hope so. The not-so-average Joe is aware that they are a speck in the line of their legacy. They recognize that their role is to pass on all the good things from the past, to spice it up and mix it up in their own way and pass it on to the future. Because if the past gets lost, then the victories won't feel as sweet. Because only with the past do we really have context for the present, and only with the context of the present will we be inspired to build a better future. I'll leave you with some questions to ask yourself and journal prompts for the new year. Prompt one, what traditions from your past will you want to pass on to the future? Prompt two, what is your role in the family? Are you the historian? How are you preserving the history? How are you making new memories worth sharing later? Prompt three, who or what has shaped your perception of this time of year the most? Was it the geographic location? Was it a parent, a grandparent? Was it siblings, cousins? Prompt four, knowing what you know now about the past, how do you wanna design your future family's experiences? Do you want a big family? Do you wanna keep things low key? Do you wanna spend the holidays with your friends or on solo vacations every year? And prompt five, how do you feel about the conveyor belt moving and you moving up in line? Are you excited about it? Why? Are you nervous about it? Why? Are you a little sad about it? Why? To be honest, I'm a little bit of all three, but maybe I'll share that on the next ranting podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. Share this with a friend or family member that might feel the same. Don't forget to rate this podcast five stars, both on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and follow the pod for notifications when we release new episodes every Wednesday. For daily good vibes, follow me on Instagram at Joe underscore Franco. And the pod also has its own account, not your average Joe pod. And if you want to join my journal club, visit www.joeclub.world where 
where I'm cooking up daily prompts and monthly meetings where we journal about prompts similar to this. It gets real and it's global and it's amazing. This episode was produced, which wasn't really produced because it was just me ranting, and edited by me and the sound engineering was done by Jeff Morrow. And that's it for today. Happy New Year, sending nothing but healthy, positive, good vibrations your way wherever you may be. Do a little something to honor the past this week. And I'll see you next Wednesday with love, Joe. Hey, yo, come listen to my girl, man. What you doing? Shit.